0: Welcome to the Turn on the Jets pregame report. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we're going to talk about the Jets and the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee on Sunday with the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, what's going on, man?
1: Not too much, man. Just getting ready to uh, get the injury report here on a Friday and then head to Nashville tomorrow.
0: Let's talk about those injuries. We're going to find out a little bit more in a bit, but right now it looks like Darnold probably not going to play. Josh McCown's been banged up a little bit too. And there's obviously the news about James Carpenter landing on IR. So, what's going on with those guys? Marcus May, what do we know so far?
1: Yeah, James Carpenter IR with a shoulder. He's obviously been very durable, albeit, um, um, you know, he's kind of declined a little bit uh production-wise over the past season plus here but um you know tough break for him probably the end of his time with the Jets it's been you know it was a solid signing by Mike McKagan overall you know guy who played uh was out there every week and uh was pretty good his first couple of years in 15 and 16 but less so uh these last couple of years here in 17 and 18 so uh the Jets obviously need to get younger on the left side of their line and they're almost certainly going to have a new starting uh, left guard next year it looks like uh you know, Marcus May's shoulder injury could be significant. He's not going to play this week, um, and and the rest of his season is in doubt based on what Todd Bowles has said. We'll see if there's any clarity on that today in terms of uh, what that means for him. Obviously, that that kind of stinks for him because you know he's a kid who uh, you know is going to be potentially be a foundational player for this organization. Um, they really like him, and uh, you know, just not getting a chance to get out there and has that you know injury-plagued season. Uh, but in terms of the quarterbacks. Darnold uh, limited these past two days, and uh, we'll see what he does today officially when the injury report comes out. Sam and Josh McCown limited the past two days. McCown's situation, he's just sore coming out of the Patriots game. So, um, you know, I, I would guess that, you know, if Darnold doesn't play, then, then it's McCown. I don't think that McCown's status for this game is in, in question. Um, it's just a matter of soreness for him. But um, the Jets obviously taking it easy on both of those guys this week, and I'm sure if it's not this week for Darnold, it'll probably be next week.
0: So zero chance, you think, barring an injury to McCown, that we would see Davis Webb in any form or fashion?
1: I think it would be interesting if, if, yeah, but I think zero chance barring injury to McCown. But I think that would be an interesting thing. And as we were talking before we came on here, that Matt Stipulkowski kind of put together a, a little bit of a just for fun, like pros and cons, like should they play him? Obviously they're, they're not going to for, for various reasons, but but it's always fun to look at, you know, would this be would this be a productive move? obviously he's a guy who's going to be an, ex- an exclusive rights free agent after this season. So what that basically means is like he's not really a free agent at all. Like <laughs> the Jets just have to give him a one-year offer for the minimum and he he can't negotiate with any other team. So that's so restricted that like you know, even using the word restricted, it's even more than the restricted free agent uh, designation. So Davis Webb is going to be back with the Jets um at least for the off season next year um and, and you know you guys could be a young backup or a trade piece and i think that's that's where you look at maybe they can uh do some things with him and showcase him in the preseason and trade him like they did with teddy Bridgewater. obviously it's not apples to apples because different different points in their careers but but no i don't think we see davis webb in nashville
0: davis webb won't really be a free agent and neither will robbie anderson he'll sort of be a free agent because he'll be restricted so the jets will have the opportunity to match any offers But there was a trade offer for him, apparently, according to Manish Mehta of the Daily News. The Eagles called and offered a fourth-round pick for Anderson around the deadline. The Jets said no. What do you know about this, and what do you think the Jets' plans are for Anderson going forward? Are they going to keep him? Are they going to look to move him via trade as a restricted free agent? What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, they were going to do it, and that was a good opportunity to do it. um, And uh, I think that... They like him. I mean, they obviously like this guy, and they think he can be, if not a number one receiver for them, certainly a number two or a 1A type. And, um, yeah, I, I, they obviously want to keep him because they're not probably not going to get much more than a fourth-round pick for him. Um So in terms of the tender that they're going to put on him, it'll probably be the second-round tender because a team is unlikely to give up a second-round pick for him um they don't probably don't need to go up to the first round tender but the Jets should be able to secure him on the second round tender for next year and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent after 2019 so that'll be a big year for him in 2019 but, but uh yeah he's shown potential obviously some of his stats being down this year have to do with the Jets uh you know having a young quarterback so there'll be a chance here in the next year for for him to grow with uh, Sam Darnold, the Jets like him I think he can be a good deep threat now of course the current front office likes him, but we'll see how he fits in with the new coaching staff. But um, he certainly has skills that could, that could do well in any office.
0: New coaching staff may see him differently than the current coaching staff. And the current coaching staff is comprised of Jeremy Bates, who doesn't seem to understand how to utilize Robbie Anderson to his strengths. Seems like that's a problem for him with a lot of players not really understanding the best use of his personnel. Daryl, you have a video up right now at NJ.com talking about Jeremy Bates and the fit that he is for this offensive personnel. For those that didn't watch it, can you give us the gist of it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it it kind of mainly focused on uh, the run pass uh, ratio in that game against um, the Patriots uh, last week and how, uh, you know, kind of weird, kind of curious that, that he did that the way he did. And obviously, the Patriots were coming off a game in which they gave up 150 rushing yards against the Titans. So, um, and then Jeremy Bates comes in this week. So it really necessarily wasn't a huge, usually big picture take on him in that two-minute video or whatever it was, three, three minutes. But in terms of the big picture with this guy, and I mean, you know, he comes in this week and talks about having to commit. So they run more and they obviously didn't do that last week. And, um, I think the bottom line is they t- he's, I'm sure he's trying hard and trying everything, but, you know, maybe he just, you know, doesn't have it in terms of being a, um, a, a star coordinator or anything like that. But, um, the other factor here is, you know, their offensive line, the Jets offensive line has been neglected so much by this front office that, if you look at the run blocking grades, I know pro football focus is not necessarily gospel, but if you look at those run blocking grades, I mean, there are some grim, grim run blocking grades for the Jets, um, offensive linemen. And, uh, that has a lot to do with the fact that they cannot establish any kind of balanced offense. Um, so there's, in some ways, there's only so much Jeremy Bates can do. In other ways, there's certainly things he could do in terms of spicing up this offense, um, and adding a little bit of unpredictability. Um, but he's, he's a little hamstrung by the personnel. I, I get that, but. Um, In in other ways it really hasn't helped matters
0: Speaking of offensive personnel The offensive line which we touched on With James Carpenter before Has an interesting conundrum now Spencer Long could shift between guard and center How do you think this is going to play out Down the stretch of the season I know they brought back Braden But do you think there's a possibility That they try Long out at guard To see whether or not he could stick And be a piece for 2019 Are they going to ride it out with him at center What do you see happening here
1: yeah, I think the rest of the way you'll see Spencer Long at left guard and Jonathan Harrison at the center. Um and, you know, who knows whether that's going to be the case next year, but that, that, that's what the Jets are going to do, uh, almost certainly here for the rest of the year. I don't, you know, I don't think Ben Braden is a legitimate starting, uh, option, but you raised this interesting point, I think, last, last time we talked about whether this could be something the Jets could install as a more permanent, uh, arrangement with, with Spencer Long, who has played guard, he did, and, you know, and left guard too. Um, in 2015 with Washington, that was the last time he had done that. So, uh, before, uh, going in there against the Patriots with, uh, with James Carpenter out. So, um, yeah, I think that it's certainly a possibility. The uh, one thing to remember here is that, um, uh, Jonathan Harrison is a pending free agent, a pending unrestricted free agent. So, um uh, the Jets would have to resign him, obviously, if they want to make him their center, or they could bring in another guy to be their center and, and have Long be the left guard, and, you know, for his cap, it's $6.5 million next year. That's not bad for, for a left guard. Um, and and maybe the Jets decide they they want to do that. So we'll see. I mean, a lot depends on how the things unfold here down the stretch, I think.
0: I'm going to go ahead and make my somewhat mindless prediction, and then I'll turn it over to you, Daryl. I know that the Titans are reeling right now. Mariota's banged up. They just got smashed On national television by the Houston Texans But they are at home The Jets are reeling as well McCown is banged up The team just isn't really very good, let's be honest Now you've got the injury to Carpenter Not that he's great, but again What this means is less stability On that offensive line at this point So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Titans Are going to win a low-scoring affair here I'm going to say 14-10 Tennessee What do you think, Daryl?
1: Yeah, I don't see it happening for the Jets this week. You know, they've packed it in uh, at this point. Um, 21-10 Tennessee is what I'll go with. I picked that on the site. Um, And it looks like most of the other folks here picked (laughs) that work with us picked uh, the Titans by bat, you know, by at least a touchdown. So um, this is a pretty good Titans team. Obviously, they lost to a really good Texans team that the Jets still have to play. And if if the Jets don't win this one, then then you wonder if they can win any of the rest of the way. Obviously, this is a team that's been so terrible on the road under Todd Bullis these past two years in 17 and 18. And they, you know, they have a road game next week in Buffalo, and who knows, Bills killed them the first time. But this is very possible the Jets could lose out. I I'd, I'd put up a thing, actually, on the site um, this week, or should you root for the Jets to tank and lose out? Um, the pros and cons kind of, of of that. I think you and I talked about it and, um there's certainly like I said a possibility they could lose out but um I look if you look at that 2015 draft I mean think back to 2014 the last time the Jets played in Nashville they were 2-11 and the Titans were 2-11 and there was a whole storyline about you know suck for the duck and getting Mariota um and that the Titans wind up getting them the Jets get Leonard Williams at six but if you look at that 2015 draft I mean high draft position is not everything the draft the draft takes care of itself based on how good you or how well you scout and, and so not necessarily on, on where you pick. So look at the, look at the top 10 in that draft, James Winston, Marcus Mariota, Dante Fowler at three, and then Amari Cooper, Brandon Scherf and Leonard Williams. And then Kevin White goes seven. And, and all the way down at 10 is Todd Gurley. And the Giants picked Eric Flowers at nine. So White's been terrible. Flowers has been terrible. Gurley's an incredible player. So, and the Rams got him at ten. And look at all those teams that that didn't pick him, obviously for various reasons. Maybe some of them like their running back situation or whatever. But you don't necessarily have to get the number two or number three pick to get a good player in the draft. Um, the the draft is very much a crapshoot, and and also, um, you know, it depends on your own scouting and a little bit of luck. And um, so I think for all the reasons, uh, you can go on the site and check it out. Uh, you know, it, it it doesn't really make sense for draft fans to root for the team to lose because. As we said, I think last time we talked, is that would just mean that they're farther away from eventually becoming a winner. <laughs> like that just means you. It doesn't mean if you root for them to lose and they lose out and they finish three and thirteen and they draft one player, they're a playoff team next year. No, like I mean, they're 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 fourth in the draft order right now. So so as opposed to them drafting six or seventh versus two or three or one, is it a big difference? No, I mean they still have a lot of holes. I mean them drafting two or three is not gonna not gonna solve anything really. Um, because they have more than one hole. Um, so that's, that was sort of my take on it.
0: One thing that may bear watching that not enough people are talking about, Daryl, is Matt LaFleur, the offensive coordinator of yep. the Titans. He's gotten a lot of buzz as a potential head coaching candidate. So this could be something for Jets fans to keep their eye on because it's very possible that LaFleur will be in the mix for the Jets head coaching job at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I think he's definitely one of the guys they could and and should look at in terms of offensive-minded head coaches, which presumably is and should be at least the, the, the direction that they're going to be going in. Um, you talk about Matt Lafleur, Pete Carmichael with the Saints, or John Filippo with the Vikings. I mean, we kind of touched on uh, touched on in the mailbag a little bit, John Harbaugh, if he gets fired uh, by the Ravens, uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, kind of an outside shot candidate, but. Um, if the Jets want to go with a younger offensive minded head coach you know along the lines of a guy who's never been a head coach before you're thinking of I think Carmichael um, D Filippo LaFleur, certainly three big names to watch
0: but what about Bill Coward Daryl <laughs> <laughs> people got really mad at me
1: so like I don't know they got mad at me it took a great offense to the question being asked in the mailbag this week so, you know folks I don't I don't uh, I feel like Francesa here. <laughs> I don't I don't make the questions. I can't do that. I can't. My Francesa impression's off. That's bad. But, um, but yeah, like I don't, I come up with the questions. Like, I probably got, um, I answered 11 questions this week and there were a handful that I, I just didn't have time to get to. But, um, uh, someone asked a question combining, you know, Cower or Jim Harbaugh. And, uh, you know, I figured it'd make for an interesting headline or whatever. Obviously, Bill Cower is not going to come. All right, so the Jets would be stupid to go get Bill Cowher. I mean, it would just be a dumb decision for multiple reasons. I mean, he's been out of coaching since I was six. And then the other side of it is why would Bill Cowher, if he did want to come back, and I don't even know if he does because he has a cushy TV job, why would he want to come back to a rebuilding team like the Jets? So obviously the Jets are not going to get Bill Cowher. I wrote that in the thing. They they, they shouldn't be interested in him, and he shouldn't be interested in them, and it's not going to happen. I mean, that. so, you know, the headline was not a question made up by me. It was someone asked a question, so that was it all. And um, and also the question included uh, someone had asked about Harbaugh, and so they didn't specify. So I addressed both Harbaughs. And I think as I, as we just said, John Harbaugh is probably a more realistic option. So uh so there you go. Uh, <laughs> there are other questions in the mailman, I if you want to read it than that. And just, don't get angry at me. <laughs> go uh, go yell at the guy who asked the question. I don't think it was a bad question. You know, he looped in ha- Tower and Harbaugh. You know, whatever. I mean, there's, you know, we got five weeks here uh, of stuff to talk about. There's certainly going to be some off the wall things to talk about. I mean, how many times can we ask, uh, should the Jets sign Lady on Bell over and over? I mean, at least there was something, give the guy credit, at least it was something different new, uh, in terms of a question. It got people a little riled up, but that's all right.
0: Listen, folks, I'm not the one who asked the questions, okay? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> a little tribute to the Pope, the sports Pope, Mr. Mike Francis, as, as we wrap things up. On this pregame report Daryl thanks so much for hopping on Enjoy Nashville I expect a full report I hope you get a chance to go To the Ryman Auditorium and walk along Main Street listen to some music get some good Barbecue the whole Nashville experience So that if the Jets lose And it ends up being a beating the way that we Think it might be or even a boring game You'll at least have that to come back From Nashville with to talk to me about On Monday when we do the postgame wrap up So Daryl have a safe flight Enjoy Todd Bowles telling you absolutely nothing in his presser in a couple of minutes. For anybody that doesn't know where to find you and Matt Stippelkowski, why don't you go ahead and let them know?
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to Nashville. And uh, yep, uh, NJ.com slash Jets and then at Darrell Slater on Twitter, D-A-R-R-Y-L-S-L-A-T-E-R as usual. Uh, yeah, we got some stuff up there, mailbag right now, and a little rundown. Matt did a rundown of the Jets uh, defensive PFF grades. So I have the offensive uh, part of that today. Um, and then tomorrow, taking a look at uh, the ranking of Jets' um, offseason needs. I mean, you guys know what the needs are by this point, but w- what's the most pressing? What's the most important? Is it edge rusher? Uh, is it offensive line? I think it's an interesting debate. Um, is it trying to find a game-breaking running back? So, you know, just put together a little uh, a listing for tomorrow or Saturday um, on just sort of ranking the Jets' off- offseason needs in terms of uh least pressing to most pressing and you know, there's certainly a lot of different ways you can look at it, but just kind of a a look ahead piece, as most of these things will be coming up here for December, you know, time to look ahead to free agency, the draft, coaching search, all that good stuff. That's just the way it is here when you when you have a lame duck coaching staff and a three and eight team, uh so we'll see what happens Sunday, but I don't think, regardless of what happens, I don't think it's going to change anything about uh, yeah, how we're going to be covering the team here in December in terms of looking ahead.
0: Thanks, Daryl. Enjoy Nashville. Have a safe flight. We'll talk on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you check out everything that Daryl and Matt Stipelkowski have up at NJ.com. And for all the latest and greatest in Jets podcasts, you know there's only one place to go, and that's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.